Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm a feminist, but... I told a man recently that now he's getting married, he has to learn to drive because it's unmanly to rely on his wife. And I stand by it. (laughs) It's true. This is Ned Sedgwick from uh, Global Pillage. Some of you will know he's my sidekick on Global Pillage. He also does a podcast called Grown Up Land uh, for BBC Radio. And um, uh, he's getting married. And I just said, you've got to learn to drive. Come on. Because he was like, well, my fiancé can drive. And I was like, it's not good enough. What if she breaks her leg? Mm. You need to be able to drive. Man up Mm. and learn to drive. I'm sorry. I'm a bad feminist. I don't know what to tell you. You shouldn't have come if you didn't know the show was called The Other Feminist. (laughs) I've got two sexist ideals that I live by. Yeah. Uh, One is that I can't be taller than my partner. Uh, I know. Well, I'm taller than my partner, so now that makes me feel judged. No, I don't judge you. It's a judgment for me. I have a lot of things like that. Yeah, absolutely fine for everyone else. Yeah. Just for me. That's how I feel about inner beauty. It's great for others. Yeah. <laughs> and I, be- ah. I believe in it for others. I really do. But I see everyone as beautiful. I do. I see, you know, I can meet an mm. 85-year-old woman who I just think, my God, your skin is so full of wisdom and experience and it's so soft. And I just, and, and then it I it tells see- a story. Yeah. And it's just genuinely beautiful. It's soft and glorious. And I just, I genuinely, I don't stroke it. I feel like I'm acting like I touch <laughs> old ladies' faces and I don't. Let me smell your eyelashes. <laughs> yeah. I don't, that sounds wrong, but no, but I genuinely look at it and go, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I see one line and I'm like, no, on my own face. Get a needle in it. I, wow. Is that what Botox does? I don't know. I've not had it before. Oh, really? It sounds like you have it all the time. Is that what? Oh. No, some, I, I think I talked about it on the show last time. Someone asked me if I did Botox and I was quietly delighted. I'm like, no, I've actually just got a lot fatter. Thank you. <laughs> my wrinkles have been filled out and my skin looks amazing. Cannot recommend weight gain enough. Really takes the years off. <laughs> um, I'm a feminist, but even though, <laughs> even though I'm an advocate for social distancing and PPE and vaccinations, I've worn this material mask so many times that it has more than three sets of lipstick on it. Oh! I, I might, think, might have. This is, no, that's a disposable one, though. This is what, like, that's I dirty, re-wear, isn't it? I rewear I'm sorry. Ones. 
I'm sorry. I don't know if that's a feminist issue. It affects women, question mark? Everything. Everything's a feminist issue if you go on Twitter. (laughs) I'm a feminist, but when Blurred Lines comes on the workout playlist, my personal trainer loves it so much. It brings her so much joy. I can't bring myself to skip it. And my God, is it a tune. I mean, it really is a tune. And I'm sorry, but it just is. It's a terrible, terrible, terrible song. Never listen to it. It's also, it also bangs. It bangs, mate. That's There's... a bangs. That's a, that's a young person slang. Yeah, or you, it's, it, it's a banger is probably. Well, it slaps. It can slaps. I, say that? <laughs> I mean, there is. Can I say it slaps? You I, can. I have said it. You can absolutely try and say it slaps. I said, I've said it. It's too late. Um, I don't know if it has the desired effect. It just—it feels good coming out of a young person's mouth. How old do you think I look, really? No, I think you're my age. But I've, if I said it slaps, a young person would go, give it up, old lady. I believe myself to be timeless. Well, you are timeless. I that... believe that. I believe that about myself. I think people see me as about 34. Why would anybody laugh at that? Is, is now the time to talk about white middle-class female privilege? Is now, like, that confidence, that's amazing, isn't it? I'm editing all of this out of the show. Why? No, I love it, Deb. No. I would love do, to have your confidence. Do another, oh, shut up, do another I'm from the spot. <laughs> Fortunately, my depression keeps me at bay. Um, okay. Uh, I'm a feminist, but I was late arriving at the show because I was trying to perfect my eyeshadow. I mean, before that, I was cooking for my toddler. I was cooking him dinner. You said it was a baby issue. Yeah. You said, I'm going to be late because of the baby. Well, yes. Well, this is what I'm clearing it up. I was cooking my toddler dinner, but I'm a feminist and being a working mum comes with added responsibility and limitations wasn't as funny. I'm a feminist, but while I was writing that I'm a feminist, but about blurred lines, I admit I put it on. I just, <laughs> I fucking just, I was just, you know, in my head, I was just like, oh, and I just thought, who's it going to hurt? Who is it going to hurt just to listen to it once? No one else is here. No one else is going to know. I, yeah, I know I don't agree with the values of the song, and even less do I agree with the values of the music video. However, then when I put it on, I thought, that's going to go on there on Robin Thicke's... Um, you know, the, the numbers, what's the numbers called? The ratings, the... Oh, Spotify. Oh, like yeah, his streams. Yeah, exactly. His streaming numbers will go up. So I thought I should buy it. So then if I ever want to listen to it again... So you just give him money instead I didn't, of... I didn't, but I did wonder what the ethical thing to do was. If I think, I... look, I think... Because I don't more... want it... I don't want it, go, I don't want it going, oh, it's still number one. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want that. I've got some bad news for you. Not only is it the lyrics very sexist and the film clip very demeaning to women, it also they, he, they've been charged with copyright. They stole from oh, yeah, a Marvin Gaye song. Yeah, I, I mean, that part happens all the time. Every song on the radio someone People says get robbed all the time. That doesn't matter. Look, people get, they get their wallets stolen and what are you going to do about it? You're not going to implement d- the I law, about, are you? I don't know. I, don't, I genuinely don't know about that because... There's what? so many songs where someone goes, that was really mine, and da-da-da-da-da. This is fought at law this courts This is all just the time. about a sample. When I heard the song, I'm like, oh, it's Marvin Gaye. We had Marvin Gaye growing up. I mean, I didn't give birth to him, but we had, we had him playing in the house. So yeah. I, I knew that song as one of my very oh. favourite Marvin Gaye songs. Oh, so it wasn't just one of those ones where there's only so many notes and you no. put them in a different order. I mean, and... 
Maybe, look, now isn't the time we're in the middle of a podcast, but I'll show you Okay. afterwards. It's Marvin Gaye's... Oh, I thought it was just one of those ones. You know, there's only so many notes and they've got to go in an order. Yeah. There's a limited order, number of orders that those notes can go in. So this happens all the time, I thought. Totally. And if it's a chord progression, I understand that. Therefore, you know, I'm sure you've seen Axis of Awesome's four chords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That highlights that. But this is like... They've stolen the music, not the chord progression. They've stolen the percussion. They've stolen oh, the – it's okay. just a direct They rip-off. shouldn't have done that. No. Or they should have paid and now they have. Excellent. Okay. All right. Another reason not to – although if I buy it now, am I really giving the money to Marvin Gaye? No. Okay. I'm no. not going to buy it. Calm down, feminists. <laughs> I'm more angry as a a creative person. I'm like, the intellectual property has to stand for something. Yeah, I understand. understand. No, I genuinely did only listen to it the once. I won't listen to it again. Look, the problem is there are so many problematic artists. Like Prince, there's horror stories about Prince and how Sinead O'Connor recorded Mm. Nothing Compares to You. Mm. Like terrible stories. David Bowie, I think... Like, had no. an affair with a 16-year-old girl okay. well, that stop. went for Can years. Can you please James stop talking? Brown. I don't want to know anymore. I don't want to know anymore because when every time you tell me that's another album That's gone, right. That's another, but yeah. that's right. You, you just need to know what you're listening to and what has come before I it. prefer not to know. Do yeah. another I'm a Feminist Bar. Okay. <laughs> Lockdown um, has changed me. <laughs> well, you're going to love this one then. I should have been writing my set and I'm a feminist butt on the tube, but I was watching a murder documentary about two white straight men in jail. Oh, hey, oh, too much murder. That's all I'm going to say. It's a lot of murder. There's a lot of murder on our screens. Yeah, I mean, it's It's always women. It's always women. It's a lot of murder. It's too much. You're absolutely right. It's too much. Yeah, it's a lot of murder. (laughs) Compelling viewing, though, isn't it? Yeah. I did enjoy Mayor of Easttown. I will say that. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. The headlines about that was Kate Winslet has allowed herself to go on screen looking the age she is. And I was just like, but then I watched it. I was imagining, my God, what's happened to Kate Winslet that people are writing about this as headlines. She looks like Kate Winslet. Yeah. Like she's let her roots go and she's, you know, you can see that her face is not 22. But on the upside, she doesn't look like her own spitting image puppet, like the Friends reunion. Do you know what I mean? No, I didn't watch it. Uh, it's... Deb and I have very different lives, but we love each other very much. That's true. You're on my mixed tiles wall. I got some mixed tiles. Oh my god! Yeah, you're on my mixed tiles. That wall. is such an honour. I know. It's Do you know about mixed honor. tiles? You guys know about mixed tiles? Um, yeah. You can. You send off. You just upload. Or you know. You just upload photos onto the online, and. What she's saying is we've both been targeted because of our age group on Instagram. That's right. And we've gone, that looks interesting, and we've bought it because we are the perfect target market for now, that. what's great about mixed tiles, and this is, I swear not, they've not asked me, you peel off a strip off the back, then you can hang it directly on a wall, and if you want to move it, you just take it off and move it, mm. and it sticks again and doesn't leave a mark. I know, yeah. I know. A gasp from someone in the front row. It's not an ad, but it should be mixed tiles if you want to hit me up with some money for saying that. Having, I will accept it. We have, the, we have mixed COVID tiles times. as well. Um, the problem is if you live in a very dusty house, which is anywhere in London, with the windows open on a hot day, they will become more difficult to stick if you, say, moved house and didn't put them up on the wall for 
12 months. And yeah. So they don't always like stick straight So stick them once and then leave them. Yeah. Maybe you've got one more stick in you, but I, I don't think this is like a five or six opportunity. Okay. All right. Just good ahead. I just want you, the people, to know the product that you're buying. Okay. I'm a consumer watchdog and I'm out here for you yeah. guys. Listen, I was just about to get a lovely check from Mixtars there and you've just you now I've got a now I'm getting a now I'm getting Absolutely. a lawsuit. Absolutely. I am exhausting. <laughs> now I'm getting a lawsuit. Ah. Live from King's Place in London, the Spontaneity Shop presents the Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White, guest guys for the City Ward and our very special guest, Dima, actor, and Sol Escobar, talking about being extra with music from Ava Waves. Hello, 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 and welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Guilty Feminist. That's right, gang. We are all in the same room again. Oh, shit. And I've immediately destroyed a piece of technology and stopped recording. This. That's a backup recorder. Um, now, listen, we, we are back here in the room, but not everyone can be in the room. Some people are elsewhere, so let's just find out where people are. Uh, someone says, hi, Colette, the show hasn't started yet because someone else says we can't see anything. That's, yeah, that's because uh, there's nothing to see, but there is now. Just in case people at home are thinking... It's not a lot to see. I thought I'd just, I'd do something. Gavin from Canada. Hello. Gavin from Canada is becoming a regular character. Uh, he is a chap who, when I went to Canada to Toronto, he, at the meet and greet afterwards, was wearing a shirt that said, I'm a feminist, but I wish I were John Hamm. Ah, I know. It was charming. Um, it was the beginning of a wonderful rom-com, except he was married. And so was I. But other than that... Uh, where are people from? It's oh, oh, in the room. You're from Spain. Sorry, I'm trying to get these people to say, but look, why not? Why not extend it out to people that have bothered to turn up? Not these people. <laughs> these people have stayed in Canada. You've bothered to come from Spain. Spain, thank you very much. Hola. Uh, where else has anyone come from? Italy. Are you, have, you, have you come from Italy? Not just for this show, though. Not with COVID. Uh, how long have you been here? Three years. Okay, so really not for this show. Okay. We, we're delighted that you've come anyway. Uh, how is feminism going in Italy, do you know? Or is that why you're here? What was that? Catholicism, remember, it's really tough. Fair. Okay. Um, just one word. The Vatican. Uh, not going as well as it could be. Uh, so, but presumably feminism is, is sort of, you know, it's doing its thing. Yeah, it, a, a slow uprising, a very, very slow revolution. 20 years behind. Can I, any advances on 20 from anyone else in the audience? Any, or anyone else from anywhere else they reckon is further behind than Italy? No, you're the worst. Okay. Um, anyone else from anywhere else? Croydon! Come on, the Croydon massive. How's feminism going in Croydon? Not well. Not well. Why, what do you base that on? Street harassment? There's a big list of Croydon complaints. Uh, well, listen, give them to us. We'll issue them to the Croydon patriarchy. We're good friends with them. We, work, we know them well. I mean, you've got to know your enemy. Uh, we bump along. Um, are we ready to start the show? Yeah. Then please, welcome to the stage, my incredible co-pilot for this evening. It's the wonderful Felicity Ward. Yeah. 
Okay, um, just quickly, um, you came out of here and started asking where are people from and people started yelling out. Yeah. I don't know if everyone knew that you were doing a live stream. No, they didn't at yeah, first. Yeah, no, you did it because I was watching it going, I don't think they, because I just found out that we're doing a live stream. <laughs> so I thought there might be some people in the audience uh, with me too. If we are doing a long live stream, Deb, you know, I'm just emptying my pockets. I rarely have them, so they're absolutely chock full of shit. It's just like I'm just showing off like, oh, sorry, guys, just got so many pockets. They're so deep. Just got so much stuff in it. Um, you know that I am notorious for doing a guilty feminist dance. And yes. I saw you open with a kick. I'm like, come on, Dick, get off my fucking coattails here, mate. Oh, it's I'm all s- I've got. All I've got. You've got so much more than that. Cat. You've- You've got rhythm, you've got music. Thank you. You could ask for anything more. <laughs> you've got feminism, you've got a child now. I do have a child, yeah. I think last time you were on the Girls Feminist Live, I don't think you had a bambino yet. Yeah, I did. No, because I, I did it last December. It was one of the only gigs that I did. Oh, it yes. was the only gig I did between lockdowns. Yes. Was there an audience, though? There was an audience. There was a small I... socially distanced audience. Because we did a few live streamers from here with no audience. And that was strange. That was like, it was great. I mean, obviously, it was better than doing it at home in my pants. Was it? But you had to leave your house and you had to put more pants on. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I had to layer up. I had to put a bra on. But Ooh. the number of things I've done this year that have just been my standards. Oh, I, I'm quite a glamorous woman in real life. You know, are you? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, she is. Do you know, in a way, when you say that to a friend and they go, are you? It does erode the confidence. <laughs> to be fair, I was trying to make a joke, but I've, I think that the guilty feminist audiences have become... So kind and so compassionate that even jokes that might sound a little bit mean, they're like, well, that's a mean thing to say. (laughs) Let me give you permission right off the bat that Deb and I have known each other for a very long time and if you do find something funny, feel free to tell your mouth. Just let it out. If if I may do a very old joke, um, if you've got a funny laugh, this is the place for you, yeah? Because when you laugh, the people around you laugh. We think we're funnier than we actually are. Now, if anyone has a snort, you let that shit out of the gate, yeah? You let it out because a snort to a comedian is like a burp to a chef. It's the highest compliment that you can pay us. But these live comedy shows, they're about laughing out loud. They're about making some noise because, as my nan always used to say, you can't hear a smile, cunts. So she was a concreter. Um... (laughs) Did she really say that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you know why I said it? Because no. it was a joke. No. Okay, she's setting the tone. She's going in hard. I'm going in hard tone. and strong, motherfuckers. Okay. Yes! This is... Yes! This is what happens when you keep comedians in a box for too long. Oh, yeah, because this is very uncharacteristic of me to swear and get too enthusiastic. I mean, it's true, though. I feel like starved of an audience. I got so sick of Zooms because I just was like, Zooms are not funny inherently. Like, Zooms suck your talent out of you. Yeah. yeah, They really do. You do do need to make... I mean, look, there (laughs) there was some Zoom gigs where I almost said, I'm doing this for the money. Um, during the gig. That doesn't fly so well for people that are paying for a performance. No. But it's very hard to take yourself seriously when you don't have anything on from the waist no, down. it's so hard. I have done them with my hair wet out of a shower. Yes. I've done them just like I haven't t- showered in two days. Yeah. I've done them in 
all bathrobes. I've done work in bathrobes. It feels nothing good, underneath. Though. Nothing underneath. It feels underneath. right when you're a comedian. Oh, I'm just desperate to put like. I'm just desperate. <laughs> I, I mean that too. I was desperate for a bit of glow up, which is recent. I've learnt this from the young people lately. Oh. Glow up is is makeup. Deb, yeah. I love nothing more than yeah. when you try to use youthful language. It is simply my favourite. When you said before. Big up to the Croydon Massive. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I enjoy- that phrase just died. That is, middle class white women no, have just I... gentrified that phrase Listen. forever. Black people can't use it anymore. Deb just closed the gate on it. It was mwah, unbelievable. I feel it was... Listen, I don't use things unless they're dead in the water for a good yeah. 12 months. Oh, I 12 think, you months. Know. 12 years, Deb. <laughs> and that is the kind of cutting edge language you can get on this show. So glow up yeah. means makeup. Does it? Yeah, that's what I heard. You'll gl- glow up. I don't really understand how to use it. It doesn't mean that. I don't know. How do you use it in it's a like sentence? Glow up is like a before and after, but it happens over time when someone has developed into something incredible and they might have been fine before. So, for example, and I don't want to – I'm not a millennial, but I'm going to use this example. Um, one of, um, someone in here will know the really nerdy kid from Harry Potter um, – what was his name? Neville. Yeah, I mean, the, even the name, like, never stood a chance. And then he had, like, the glow up all time, and now we all want to fuck him. He's just... Wow. He is a... That's the was glow up. Was his surname never had a chance? Yeah. Was it Neville had a chance? It's Sri Lankan, I think. <laughs> just... Um, so, sorry. So, he had to glow up, by which you mean he evolved into something more... Desirable. Desirable, glorious. I mean, he wasn't initially desirable because that was illegal, but (laughs) since he's become a consenting adult, quite the glow up. Okay, all right, I understand. But then why is the makeup show, the the reality show where makeup artists fight to the death for, I don't know, a contract or something, why is that called glow up then? Because they're turning someone who is, I mean... Already a fucking Already model. beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. But it's a glow up because they still develop them into something right. more. Okay. And they're using youthful vernacular. Why was I not informed of this term earlier? Because I've just heard it. I just feel like somebody... Is there a young person in the audience <laughs> who could offer a service or even a WhatsApp group where when yeah. a new piece of lingo, as it were... Um, <laughs> comes into the vernacular, I'm informed, informed for a start. Immediately. Immediately. This is what the young people are saying. This is what we're talking about now. And then I'm given it in a sentence and I'm given a few opportunities to practice within the WhatsApp group sure. so that I don't use it wrongly or too late in yeah. the day. See, part of the joy of being young is that old people don't do anything you do. Okay, sure. So I no do one's see given that. that to you. Okay, I do see that. But I am... Deborah, motherfucking right, sure. Francis White. <laughs> and, I, and I don't know why this has happened in my life, but I'm Generation X. Yeah, as am I. And I, thank you, big up to the Generation Xs there. <laughs> big up to my Gen X massive. I believe you mean, what's up? That is That's for the right. Generation what's X. Up? What's up? Uh, to my Gen Xs, Ooh, my fellow... Did anyone else just pull a 1994? <laughs> um, but I have the value set of a millennial... Because my theory is I lost 10 years to a cult and then had to sort sure. of resurface. So I see myself as something as a time, of a time traveller, if I'm honest. <laughs> now, 
Yeah, I, that's not a joke. It's somewhere deep inside Deb. Oh, She's no, like, it's true. It's only time. It's also, happen. I have what I call a Moses complex. Have I ever told you about this before? That you can um, split large weights of blood? I don't, I don't know the Bible very well. Split large swathes of blood. Okay. I was thinking something about Moses and Which blood. Which scary-ass and... Bible did you use as a kid <laughs> at Sunday school? <laughs> I mean, the Bible's scary enough. It doesn't need no, blooding Je- up. Jesus split the water, didn't he? And then... No. Jesus walked on water. He walked on water. Moses split Maybe the Maybe I've seen an animated version where the water made... Maybe it was Moana. The thing is... <laughs> Moses had the tablets. Do you know that I used to be Catholic? Anyway... You couldn't Listen, tell. No. Well, okay. Moses wanted to let his people go because they were enslaved in Egypt and the mm-hmm. Pharaoh wouldn't let them go. So mm-hmm. he brought 12. He asked God. I mean, he and God collaborated on this. This was a co-pro. It was, um, <laughs> it was a featuring. Exactly. Featuring. Yes, exactly. Moses featuring God or yeah. God featuring Moses. I yeah. don't know which way around it would go, who the original artist would be. Uh, God. He's the original artist of artists. You say that, but then you don't... Why was Moses punished in the end? Why did he never get to see the promised land? Because he was a little bitch. I don't know. Because he said it was Moses featuring God, not God featuring Moses. Ha ha! The Bible knowledge comes in handy sometimes. All those years on my knees, not wasted. Ha ha Moses, you're, the, you're sometimes called... Yeah. The, why? No, I had, when I was younger, certainly a Moses complex because I was adopted. Yes. Well, Moses was also adopted because... Pharaoh was going to kill all the firstborn um, of the Israelites. And Moses was put in a basket and sent down the river by his mother to I save that. him. Yes. Saved by the Pharaoh's daughter, raised as the Pharaoh's, I guess, grandson then, and then saved for something big. So I think some adopted children, including me, or it might just be me, um, have a Moses complex where you think if you were saved, you better do something special. Oh. Like you have an obligation to at some point in your life stand in front of an ocean and say, let my people go. And so there was water involved? I wasn't... I was oh, no, fair. no, no, there was. It just wasn't... I think you're confusing... Um, a, Everything. A, the plague, there's a plague. Rivers of blood was a plague. Right. And then he walked them through the Red Sea, and Red Sea might sound a bit like blood. There was... There was I think there was some crossover there. Um, I think you're confusing season one and season two. Yeah, I am. <laughs> the season two finale is the, uh, the ocean parting... And the Israelites walking through. Strong finish, right? But then the beginning of season three is Pharaoh's army coming after them and then Moses closing the, or God, closing the ocean yeah. on them. So they that's all drowned. What, that's what I'm talking about. I wasn't far off. No, you weren't far off It wasn't blood. Okay, it wasn't blood sea. But it was sea that parted. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, I'm all right then. No. no. <laughs> that's very defensive. You weren't saying I wasn't. No. you were having a conversation with myself. I have trauma. Anyway... I have the opposite of a Moses complex. Uh, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the show. I, am, I, have, <laughs> I have a secret. It, it's fine. I have a secret feeling that anything that I put my hand to, that I might be incredible at it. Yes. So every time I do a sport for the first time, I'm like, should I... Should I call someone for the Olympics just in case? <laughs> like I think I'm going to be, be great. Amazing. And then I do it and I'm like I'm uh, uh, monstrously bad. Like, like call the papers bad at nearly everything that I try. So I don't try a lot of things 
in case I am bad and then I can still hold on to the fantasy that maybe I'm incredible. So you have an idea that you could win Wimbledon until you pick up a tennis racket. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's yeah. at that point you go, maybe not. Maybe not, yeah. Because I secretly think I could win Wimbledon, although I'm very poor at tennis. You know when you just sort of secretly think, if they let me in on a wild card, I'd rise to the occasion. Yeah. Does anyone else have that? You know, yeah. And then when you're actually playing tennis, I, can't, I mean, I can barely... Do I'm a tired, I'm hot, I want the game to finish, but I'm still like, give Serena a call. <laughs> we'll, just, yeah. we'll just do a rally. But, like, but we also know that if we were faced with Serena Williams, um, or anybody, not Serena Williams, anybody who was knocked out in the first round of Wimbledon, we would not stand one single block. It oh, would be coming at us so fast. Wouldn't so, put racket to ball. No, a tennis player who I, you've never heard of and I've never heard of who was knocked out once 10 years ago in the first round of Wimbledon, if that ball would come at you so fast, it would kill you because you wouldn't get out of the way quickly enough. We know that. Do you know men do not know that? <laughs> do you know? This is true. This is yeah. true. A significant number of men, I don't know the percentage, but a significant chunky percentage of men believe they could take a point from Serena Williams. I think that was our, they were asked, they yeah. didn't say they could beat her, but they said that they could take a point. They could not take a point. They could not take a point. And these are guys, by the way, who are sitting on their sofa with enough time to answer a survey. Yeah about whether or not they could take a point off Serena Williams. These are not men on a tennis court. These are not men who leave the house. This is not Andy Murray. No, these are not men who put their phone down. would never be Andy Murray. We all know that he's a big, dirty feminist, don't we? (laughs) Have you seen that? Oh, he is. Have you seen the Andy Murray montages? Just of him slamming journalists? Yes. Oh, it's such a turn-on, isn't it? It is, actually. Pornhub, forget it. Show me an Andy Murray montage... Defending women publicly. Oh. I hear that. Imagine if he did that, but in a tuxedo. He doesn't even have to. It's because he's Scottish too. He just sounds so disappointed in everyone. He's just like, I think you mean male tennis player. He goes, what? Is the only male tennis player that's done that. Like you can almost hear him go. Oh. I think I'm allowed to have my fantasy of him being in a tuxedo as well, though. You, you know what, Deb? I there think... is space for both of that, and I'm sorry that I shut your fantasy I down. I feel like you no-buttered my fantasy. I feel like I did, too. Yeah. Okay, can I yes-and my own fantasy, then? Yes, and the be, shit out of it. Can he be in a dinner jacket? Yes, and? Holding a puppy. Yes! While, and just, just stroking the puppy, sort of lack of a, you know, and the puppy's just sitting there being ador- looking up at him, and he's just stroking the puppy, and then he's just going, the only male tennis player. Yeah. With that contemptuous look he has for all journalists all of the time. Yeah. Um, do you know who else is a feminist? Has anyone seen the Bo Burnham special? Yeah. Okay. A couple of people said to me, what do you think of white women's Instagram? Because he sings this song. It's very funny. It's about it's sort I have of seen that. fuzzy socks and, you know. Yeah a random quote from Lord of the Rings misattributed to Martin Luther King, etc. And he's then doing lots of funny, like, sort of performative Instagram poses. And it's, very, it's a very cute song. But a couple of people said to me, do you think that's misogynistic? And I said, I think it's teasing. I think it's playful, affectionate teasing. Mm. And I think I want to be able to take a joke. Do you know what I mean? I don't think it's not... It doesn't feel like, you know, a big old punch down. It feels like he's talking about the kind of women who have the kind of lives that they want to put on Instagram. It doesn't feel like a punch down to me. But also, I have the loveliest Bo Burnham story in the world. <gasps> when I was doing the Melbourne Comedy Festival years ago, I was asked to compare this late night, quite bare pit of a comedy. You know, like, it's called the Highline Club? Highline Club? 
You know that late night Melbourne Comedy Festival? Oh, uh, Hi-Fi. Hi-Fi. Yes. Hi-Fi. It was like at 1 a.m. It started at 1 a.m., so people were very drunk, and they had to put the headliner on first because people were too drunk at the end. And they had flown in this young man who was 17 at high school, flown him in from America because his YouTube songs were getting so many hits. So I met him backstage, and he was like a, he's a teenager. He's an adolescent. Anyway, I went out, and it was... I'd never done this club before, and as you know, because I didn't know the name of it. And <laughs> it was a bear pit. It was like I was just trying to get people to look in the same direction and be anything that we in the industry call an audience because uh, they were just a bunch of drunks facing the wrong way. So I was sort of trying to get them to this side, shout this out, this side, shout this out, trying to get people back from the bar to make... a Because I thought this kid, you know, he's, he's flown from America, and he's first on... And I've got to make this a really nice space. And a man in the audience shouted out, do jokes about periods and childbirth, which was, the joke was, I am a woman. (laughs) Why are you not laughing harder? It's a really good joke, because I'm a woman. The only thing I can do jokes about is periods and childbirth. And so I turned to this young man, and I'm not proud of this. I'm really not proud of this. But this is sometimes, Felicity, you will back me up on this, sometimes what you have to do in a comedy club to get respect, isn't it? I don't know. Well, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> committing to anything until I hear what you say. Okay, fair enough. You know when you have to be a sexual predator, and it's no. just what you got to do. <laughs> that is not, that is not, <laughs> just to be clear, I did not sit on the man's lap. Okay. <laughs> um, he said, uh, periods of childbirth. I said, oh, God. Okay, I said, just because... Sorry, are there any children in? I feel like this is... No. Okay, I've fine. already said cunt. Don't oh, worry that's about true. it. I said, okay, that's We're where We're covered. I said, I'm not... I'm ashamed. I said, just because I have a cunt and you are one doesn't mean I have to do jokes about them. Oh, yeah. And that's what that audience did. They yeah. were all on my side. And I think because they saw me stand up for myself, it was, you know, it was quick-witted. They, I, I, I threw it straight at him. I wasn't apologetic like that. I really went for it. And they all cheered. They were all on my side. And that made them an audience. That was actually kind of good for me because I was like, ah, now we have a common enemy in this man <laughs> who is called Khan. I remember that because I did a Wrath of Khan joke. And I... I know someone called Khan. Oh, God, I hope it wasn't him. Imagine. Anyway. How so, many Khans do you know? I mean, not Very that many. Very few. Not do you that even many. know one personally? No. I know one personally. Well, <laughs> well, it may be the same man. I don't know. Anyway, all of you turned on him. They came to me. I thought this is a great opportunity to bring on my first act. You'll never have heard of him. He's 17 years of age. He's a Tim Minchin I could have given birth to. Please welcome to the stage, Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham comes out. Now, he's 17. He's only ever been in his bedroom. That's where he's made the songs and sung the songs. This is the first time he's been out of his bedroom. YouTube generation. In his life. And uh, he came out onto the stage, obviously wanting to bond with his audience, make a good impression. He's been flown a long way. He comes out onto the stage. He walks around. He goes, are you Khan? To the man. And the man goes, yeah. And he goes, yeah, you look like a cunt. And he took him apart. He just went, how dare you? How dare you? This woman is here doing her job. And you are disrespecting her by speaking to her like that? I don't think so. And the whole audience was like, this child had come out and just gave this man such a lecture on feminism. And then he sat down, sang his song, smashed the room, killed it, and walked off. And afterwards, I was like, that was very nice. Like, I'd done it myself. I didn't, he didn't need to do it. That was the thing. I hadn't come off crying. I'd come off thinking, you know, actually, that had kind of turned it in my favor. Mm. But I've always remembered it because I thought, 
you know, that takes a lot of bravery when you're 17. His songs were problematic as fuck. Please yeah. don't listen to any of his back catalogue. <laughs> None of it. There's nothing you would like in his back catalogue pretty much at all. But watch inside. It's fantastic. Mm. Our theme, I forgot to do this bit, and it's the classic bit. This is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. Mm. I'm Deb Francis White. With me is Felicity Ward, and we're talking about being extra. <laughs> So I'm just going to come to you before we bring our guests on. Has anyone done anything extra in the last year? Anything in lockdown they would consider extra? Just shout out if you've done anything extra. I have learned to dance. I've already shown you a kick. Um, that is my, my lockdown extra. Oh. Anyone else done anything extra? Yeah. I bought a skateboard. Oh, yes. I bought a skateboard like that two weeks ago and it's rainbow coloured and I bought a helmet and I have yet to ride it. Okay, but, but I'm gonna. It's pretty extra. It's pretty, it's pretty extra. extra. A friend of mine's got roller skates and is doing roller yes. skating classes, and she's doing like little circles and tricks. Um, <laughs> anyone done anything extra they'd like to tell us about? Yes, up the back, up the back. Pottery, Pottery. come on, you're throw a, down. You're a bad bitch with a kiln. Yes, Kill, smash that patriarchy. Yes, Deborah Francis uh, White. Yeah, that is a great A pun. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. What are you making? Baths? Bird feeders. Yes. Okay, we've got so we've got a bird feeder. Somebody doing pottery, making a bird feeder. Anything anyone else has done extra given it's been such an inside year? Yes. Got divorced. Yes. Come on. Come on. Leave that patriarchy and change the locks, my friend. That's right. That's right. Uh, anybody else? Household drag. Yes, please. Just at-home drag, domestic drag. Oh. Oh, my God, oh. I love it. So you make a drag costume out of, like, a mop head, and then you put sort of two juice strainers over your breasts, Madonna-style. I love that so much. Have you done that with other people? Oh, my oh, God. Fantastic. Do you have a drag character name that's made up of the household items? But you don't want to tell us. Go on. We can always edit it out. Go on. Okay, just tell us. You what, sorry? Was it called King of the Bellends? That's you good. You can have King, it. King of the Bellends. You were using bells, King of the Bellends. Okay, great. Super. Anyone done anything else? Extra. Anyone, anyone feeling extra for feminism? Are you reporting your partner there? Like it's a police state? Are you handing him in to the authorities? What's yours? <gasps> you got married! Yay! Now, because it was in lockdown, how did you make it extra? All oh, right. Are you, are you going to have um, another little party? That sounded unconvincing. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Look, people have saved a lot of money getting married in lockdown. Because I was like, oh, why wouldn't you just wait until... And they're like... And I can see it in their eyes. They're like, we don't have to invite anybody. Yeah. We don't have to buy dinner for 150 people, 100 
35 of them we hate. I mean, my heart really goes out to um, parents of the Asian community and the African community and the Greek community um, that up until during this lockdown only had to have 15 people. But now things are opening back up and they're going to have to pay for those big weddings again. So my heart yeah. goes out to you. Yeah, so many, so many people have saved money just by going, oh, unfortunately, it can only be eight of us and I like all the eight people. Mm. Um, and then I'll just put it on Instagram. Um, anyone else done anything extra? Yes? Move to London. Yay. Excellent. Was that post the divorce? Oh, it was your divorce. Oh, okay. So you got divorced and then you came to London to be just, are you just make, it was just a bonus that your friend got divorced. She didn't do it because you were coming over. She didn't go. Just like, we really need the spare room, honey. Yeah. I feel like, are, are you two now going to get together post the divorce? Oh, this is an exciting, this is like, this is like Emmerdale, this is. I'm loving this. Okay. Where did right. you move from? Can I ask? Johannesburg. Oh, wow. Welcome. Um, yes. Was I, it weird getting to London and not having your, uh, getting your bags and they hadn't been gone through by the baggage staff? Just a little South African joke there. I went to South Africa and stopped at Joburg and the flight attendant, or not the flight attendant, but the person at the desk said, um, have you got locks on all of your bags? I'm like, no. And she goes, sometimes the baggage handlers go through and steal stuff, so... You might want to think, just said it to me. Just said it to me. And then I got off the plane and was going to Cape Town and this guy said, oh, you're going to um, British Airways? And I said, yep. He said, straight this way. He had a lanyard. And I walked for a bit and I'm like, hang on, he's wearing a tracksuit. He was trying to swindle me. Wow. Can I ask, is this a true known thing about Johannesburg or is this just something that was told to wider Felicity Ward up? Yeah. It's absolutely true. Did you hear the silence in the room? Everyone's like, she's being very xenophobic slash racist. No, she's not. She has lived experience. Having said that, South Africa is an incredible country and I cannot recommend going there enough. I spent a month in Cape Town and I fucking loved it. Loved it. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Uh, would you like to hear some stand-up comedy? Please welcome to the stage the incredible Felicity Ward! Oh, my goodness. Guys, that... I mean, thank you for so many claps. Preesh. Um, see, I can pull off preach, can't I? Um, mostly because I'm Australian and we abbreviate everything. Um, I, the theme of tonight is extra, and um, <laughs> I've done a couple of uh, extra things lately. Tonight, I ate so much. Do you ever eat so much you get sad? 
Like I ate so much dongpo pork that at the end of it I was just like, Felicity, what have you done with your life? I was like, mate, you're just full. It's okay. But it happens to me often. The other thing I did is I bought these glasses and they were very, very expensive. The good thing is they look incredibly cheap. And I bought them because I went in and I wanted to get a pair of prescription glasses and I wanted to get a pair of prescription sunglasses because I'm sick of being outside and not being able to see long distance. Now, the person who I was speaking to was young. She was in her 20s, so I thought this recommendation was cool. She said, what about getting transition lenses? And she convinced me. And what transition lenses are is they're glasses and when you're inside, the glass is clear and when you're outside, the glass is dark. Now, since I purchased them, I've done a little bit of shopping and a little bit of research and it turns out most people who own these glasses are pensioners or sexual presidents. (laughs) And the other thing that they have lied about is that it doesn't go clear when you're inside It goes dark when it is in sunlight at all. Now, in our lounge room, we have a very big window. So sometimes my husband will look at me in the lounge room and see his wife, and then the sun will come out, he'll turn away, then look back and see a 1970s pervert. But do you know what I bought these for? Because they're practical. And that is the end of cool. She said they were going to, they're cool. They're a cool. It can't be cool if it's practical. They cancel each other out. If you're buying transition lenses, like you can squint and see death. You know, like it's in the realm. I've bought camping chairs. It's over. It is over for me. I'm at the back nine. I'm at the age now where... You know, when you're young, you only want you and one other person to listen to the same music you listen to. And then as you get older, you want other people and you want to commune with it. And then as you get older again, like when you're in your 30s, then you go, oh, God, young people's music. Once you get to your 40s, all you want is to desperately show young people the music you used to listen to (laughs) and hope that they will carry on the legacy. And because of the age difference, there is a likelihood that that will happen. And when I see people wearing Nirvana shirts or Pearl Jam shirts, there is nothing less cool than going, I had that the first time around. Oh, get away from me then. Nobody wants me near you. I mean, it's a very weird age. I'm nearly old. I'm nearly old. I'm on the cusp of being pitied. That's where I am. I'm too old for the club, but I'm too young for aqua aerobics. I'm right in the middle. I'm like a Britney Spears chair workshop. That's how old I am. I'm at the age where I think still, if I wore a low-cut top, I still think if a builder walked past me or if I walked past a building site, they would whistle. They would still whistle now. But I'm four years off walking past that same building site and them just going, good for her, actually. (laughs) At her age, good for her. Good for, you look good for your age. You know who you don't say that to? People's faces. <laughs> you only say that to people about someone else, don't you? God, they look good for their age, don't they? How old? God, she looks great for her age. You know why you don't say it to people's faces? Because it usually, especially when they're of a certain age, means you look good for someone who should be dead. 
You look amazing for someone I assumed was dead. Eric Carle wrote The Hungry, Hungry Caterpillar and I, he only died a couple of weeks ago. And when I first heard it, I'm like, oh, no, Eric Carle. And then my husband said, oh, I thought he was dead. I'm like, I thought he was already dead too, actually. You know those people you're surprised they're still alive? I've seen lots of, like, young kids on TikTok and on Instagram and they're trying to sell skincare product. They're, like, they're influence for skincare. They're, like, skinfluence. And I just... Here is the thing. I'm never going to buy skincare products off a 15-year-old because that is the best their skin is ever going to look. It's not the cleanser you're using. It's hormones. What I want to see is an 80-year-old who looks 30. I want to come across a woman called Doris and go, oh, no, that poor girl. She's never going to get on the property market. (laughs) What? She's 85? Take my money. I I have an 18-month-old, as I said, and uh, he's a, woo! Have you met him? He's fucking awesome. That's the correct response. He's such a fucking champion. Anyway, that's beside the point. There's no jokes there. He's just a... 100% legend all the time. I will tell you this, we taught him how to finish his drink and go, (sighs) which is so funny and he does it every single, like every sip, he'll go, (sighs) and then a couple of weeks ago I saw him really like picking his nose and I was like, Frankie, what are you doing? And he went, (sighs) I'm like, you got it, you got it, kid. It was very hard choosing a nursery um, for him and you, you go around to the different nurseries and you see them and they, get, you know, they have like a session with them or whatever. And the problem is I am a professional entertainer for a living. I set the bar of entertainment very fucking high. So we went to all these nurseries and I'm watching these teachers and they're doing the best they can, sure. But I see them reading to my son and I'm like, yeah, I mean... You could read it like that, I suppose. But what you just read was that one was too hot, that one was too cold, and that one was just right. Well, you know what, Beverly? I couldn't tell the difference in your performance, yeah? Where's the range? Where's the character? Not for a second do I think the Goldilocks is in someone else's house and facing peril, yeah? I'm just not reading that from you. Do you know what happens with my son? When he gets food, he doesn't just get like a little aeroplane and spoon into the mouth. No, 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 no. I put on fluffy socks. I run outside the kitchen. I bolt back in. I slide in and I scoop it straight into his mouth. It's a performance, you know? (laughs) That sounded scared. (laughs) They're like, woo, don't be my mother. Um... I found out there's lots of kinds of uh, mums out there. I found out there's the creepy mums. You know, the mums that are like, he's my best friend and he's the love of my life and I don't need anyone else now because I have my baby. (laughs) Well, it turns out I'm a creepy mum. I love him. I love him so much. I want to sniff his head every day. I do. I sniff it. I just go up to him and go... I love him. I love. Oh, I nibble his back with my gums. I just go, um, 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 um. Like I used to look at Judy Murray and just go, mate, why are you still breastfeeding him? He's 35. Now I'm like, Judy, give me a call. 
her son is an elite athlete and a coach. He has a wife and children and she's still heavily involved in his life. They are the kind of codependent seeds I need to plant now if I want to grow a tree of codependence, you know? It's an investment. Do you ever think about animals you could beat in a fight? (laughs) It's been a long lockdown and I think about it. I'm like, what animals could I beat in a fight? Yeah? Chicken? Couldn't beat a chicken, mate. You think you could beat a chicken, but you can't beat a chicken. Chicken's unpredictable. A chicken is so dumb, it's unpredictable. It will be in a full flight of panic and be so wild and out of control, it'll scratch you on the spleen, you won't even know that you're bleeding out. Humiliating. Wouldn't die that way. Wouldn't fight a chicken. Wouldn't fight a snake and not because of the venom because fighting a snake is like arm wrestling an arm. (laughs) It's like a walking, slithering arm. You're not going to do that. Can you imagine if a boa constrictor just wrapped itself around your body and then just started bitch slapping you with its face? Just bah, 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 bah. (laughs) You've got to think of animals that deserve it. You can't fight an animal that doesn't deserve it. Like, like a mouse, mouse doesn't deserve it. What, is it. what is it accused of? Being too cute trying to find cheese? Not going to find where a rat, I'd fuck a rat up. I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> Felicity Ward, everybody! Hello, Guilty Feminists. This is Deborah, briefly interrupting the podcast to tell you that we have some very exciting live shows coming up. On Friday the 10th and Saturday the 11th of September, we are going to be at the Queen Elizabeth Hall on the South Bank in London with two spectacular shows. This is our end of lockdown, hopefully, celebration. And these shows are going to be epic. We'll have some of your Guilty Feminist favourites, some music, surprise guests. It's going to be Brilliant. Both shows will be different, so you can safely book for both. Please do. You'd be very welcome. But if Sydney or Auckland, for example, are an easier commute for you, then maybe you'd like to come and see us on tour in Australia and New Zealand. We will be doing nine shows around both countries between the 21st of October and the 8th of November, including coming to Perth and Canberra for the first time ever. Woohoo! Uh, the shows we do there are epic. So please, please, please book tickets now. We're also doing regular shows at King's Place in London. The next one is Monday, 12th of July. And there's an option to watch the live stream if you can't come and join us in person for that one. You can get tickets for all of these shows by going to guiltyfeminist.com or following the link in the show notes. Please come and see us in real life. Can't believe I'm allowed to be back in the same room with you. It's going to be amazing. Our first guest today is a fundraiser from Syria who came to the UK in 2017 under the UK Refugee Resettlement Programme. She participated in Choose Loves Around the World in 40 Days Challenge last year, raising money for people living in refugee camps affected by the pandemic. She was also recognised as a member of England's national women's football team, Lionheart Squad, 
for her fundraising. She is joined by the founding director of Give Your Best, a nonprofit that offers a platform where refugee women can shop for free from an online catalogue of donated clothes. Please welcome to the stage Dima Akta and Sol Escobar. Now, Dima, your passion is running, but that got disrupted. Can you tell us a little bit about your story? So, yeah. Um, actually, before I lost my leg in 2012 because of the war in Syria. So I was runner at my country. And since I lost my leg, I have that passion. I have that hope to run again. And after that, eight, 10 years, I get a prosthetic <laughs> with running. And I'm start to improve my body and start with it to, to go to Paralympics. Wow. wow. Okay. What year? When is the Paralympics? <laughs> not that, not that year because, you know, like I recently I have the, my prosthetic. When did you get the leg? Uh, maybe three months ago. Oh, it's really new. Yeah, oh, it's really amazing. New. Round of applause. <laughs> ah. Yeah. So when so you now have to start training to run again. So mm -hmm. you were a professional runner in Syria? Yeah, before I lost my leg. <laughs> okay, my personal trainer used to be in a runner and she ran in the Olympics and the Commonwealth mm -hmm. Games and it was like a full-time thing. Yeah. Was that what you did? You got yeah. out of bed and you trained to be yeah. a runner? Yeah. That's absolutely remarkable. As somebody who is not a very talented runner, can I just say I'm in awe of you. Um, I, at school, in every single race I ever did at school, I came last. Every single race. <laughs> I have no skill at all or natural talent for running. What kind of races did you run in Syria? Like, uh, I start with the 100. And when I just, like, improve my body and the war starts, so we supposed, like, to go to, other, uh, to another uh, city, but the war, it's just messed up. Yes. <laughs> and we kind of travel. And since that, I lost my leg and... Uh, you know, like it's a new thing to 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 work with it, with a prosthetic, and like I, like I didn't have any experience before. You know, mm. like mm. what the way you think, mm. you know. <laughs> and yeah, we, we would go like with our winter trip, but spring, not just like I don't know. For so you're going to start training here, yeah, and then you're going to run in the Paralympics. Yes. And will you run in the Paralympics for Great Britain? Will you run in the refugee team? Do you know yet? Or? Uh, I didn't get that, that, that decision yet. <laughs> you, have, you haven't decided no, yet. No. You're just going to start training and yeah. see where it takes yeah. you. Yeah. Um, well, we're really, <laughs> really excited to hear more Thank about you. that. Thank you. And Sol, can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing at the moment? Yes. So um, I'm the founder of Give Your Best. And as you said before, we are a platform. We're actually the first platform that does what we do. Um, and we provide a catalogue of donated clothing, which women from refugee backgrounds or who are still seeking asylum, the majority of the people who uh, shop with us are still seeking asylum, or perhaps are destitute or have no recourse to public funding, they can shop for free. So the idea of what we do is that we want to restore agency and choice mm -hmm. and not just give things, but rather mm -hmm. give a choice to the women in our community. Mm -hmm. um, so we launched Give Your Best only about eight months ago. And wow, really? I know, yes. And in that time, it's been so overwhelming to see the support that we've received and we have had over four and a half thousand items of clothing donated all of which have been shopped by over 500 women. Um, so we've built a community that is amazing. And 
um, yes, we have a lot of women that now rely on what we're doing and we have a, a huge team as well of volunteers, a lot of who are actually here. <laughs> um, yes, so we have a team of over 70 people now that we have recruited in the past eight wow. months. Wow. All women, uh, just because what we do attracts women. We have women from the community that we support as well. Several of them are involved in everything that we do as well. It's been the highlight of the pandemic for me. Wow. Wow. Yes. So give your best. You, it's called give your best because you give something that's good. You don't give something that's and right. you just go, ah, yes. this has got holes in it. Oh, this is, exactly. Yeah. Here yes. are some old underpants <laughs> I yeah, don't want. Yeah. But people do... People oh, do no. often. I won't either. <laughs> people do often take things that they think, oh, it's a bit worn out, but I'll give it to uh, a charity shop. And what you're saying is, is there anything in your wardrobe that you don't wear that That's somebody right. else could, but actually is a beautiful piece of clothing or yeah. you know, a, a very high quality piece of clothing or, or virtually new or new? Yeah, so basically the way it works is people that have these items to donate, who, yes, we do ask for them to be the best things that you have uh, that you don't wear. Um, they submit everything online and we have then our amazing volunteers, they put everything into our online shop and women from our community, then they can shop it for free. And we try to make it as much of a shopping experience as we possibly can. Uh, yeah, then we basically liaise with the people who want to donate the items and we give them the information as to where to send them. So it doesn't necessarily, we don't hold the items. So there is no donation oh. waste, which is a very big issue oh. as well. So it goes from person to person and oh. we are the liaison between the two. So something that we like to emphasize is that connection between the two people. Um, this and is very like, clever. You're like millionaire matchmaker, but for clothes but for and clothes. women. Yeah, oh. exactly. So um, we send the information to the person gifting the item. We like to kind of redefine a donation as a gift. And we tell them the information of the person who wants that item. And how much information that person gives away is completely up to them because we deal with a very vulnerable mm. group of people. So if they uh, want to share their personal details with the, with the person gifting the item, they can send it directly to them. Otherwise, they can only share their information with us and the items go via us. We ask them to make it personal to the person who is, has mm. shopped it because what we want to emphasize is that connection between the two sides and the fact that when you are sending an item of clothing you know that it's a woman on the other side who is your same size and has your same fashion sense but is living in a completely different reality wow. and we kind of want that to mm -hmm. be to the focus community. of what we do yeah well you address so stylishly thank mm. you very much i would i i you're a really good advertisement for your own site because <laughs> this i this is actually a dress that i have repurposed as a coat so it's it's dream big kids <laughs> this is what we're doing this year you can look like this too do you know what i have gone from a size six to a size 14 and i have some clothes that need a home and well, some of them are very nice and i, will I have be, somewhere where you could uh gift those items well that whoever gets to. these will get a long history of each piece of them because i have collected them for 20 years and I can't wear them anymore. You should tell them all about it. Oh, don't you think I won't? Imagine encouraging me to speak. <laughs> you should tell them. Oh, I was going to. 
that's actually one of the things that our community loves the most and they tell us all the time is the notes that they receive with the packages because they are so supportive and they they it's just women that they don't know strangers telling them you're welcome here and you know keep going and I know that you're going through a difficult time but we're here for you mm. and you know, some of them have told us that until they started receiving that support, they actually didn't know that they were welcomed here because yeah. all mm. that they saw was the bad press mm. and the hate online. And after actually getting these notes from people that support them, they actually mm. realise, oh, actually, there, there are, are people, people out there. There are lovely yeah. people, yeah. Is it welcomed or distasteful to uh, make suggestions about what that outfit would go with? Um <laughs> It's, or what you used to wear. It's encouraged. It's encouraged. It's encouraged. Yes. So it, it, what it, they it, would it. like is printed out pictures of you wearing this dress <laughs> at a party, on a red carpet, mm-hmm. At, mm-hmm. at a prom, I anything might, like that. I might make some mixed tiles up for them and just put them in. <laughs> So, so they, they can, can have hang it on the their picture walk. in the wardrobe yeah. door. Yeah, yeah. Go, oh, yeah. that looks good with that brown belt. Yeah. And she's thrown that in. Like, I don't want to say she's... that I am fashion inspo. I'm just saying that it, I could be if yes. you, like, if you <laughs> open your heart to me. <laughs> you could be well, our ambassador, our spokes. Don't offer that if you're not going to follow through. Because I love being a representative of anything. <laughs> I mean, so Felicity Ward is now... Song. An ambassador of Give Your Best. What have you donated um, yet, Felicity? Nothing. You will, though. You will. Tonight, you're going to go But I've been very loud. And you're going to get out all those clothes. Because I definitely have things as well. You know, sometimes it's hard to part with something. Because you just think, oh, but I might wear it. And actually, this is a good reason. I don't take it to a charity shop. Because I think, what if I want it? But actually, with this, I wouldn't get that feeling. I'd think it's gone to a home where somebody else will treasure yeah, it. And and another fabulous that- woman. Exactly. Yeah, that is something that has really attracted people to gift their items through us. And that's why we've been so surprised that there's been so much support because people find it like a really uh, meaningful way to donate in a truly sustainable way as Mm. well because they know that the person who receives it is going to wear it. And we try to emphasize that meaningful part of it as well. This has got a very Toy Story 4 feeling to it, where Andy passes his toys on. Sorry, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) So, listen, this is one amazing way of creating... I mean, mean, Emma Dabiri came on recently, and I don't know if anyone's read her book since she came on the show. Uh, It's called What White People Can Do Next. But she said it's about changing the idea of charity and allyship into the idea of coalition. And I think your setup there sounds like one of coalition and of women, the same way that I'd say to Felicity, I would say to you, if you said, oh, God, I've got a fancy thing to go to, that's exactly what I'd do. It's a coalition. I'd go, oh, I've got a fancy red carpet dress or something for you that you might mm. like to wear. Come over. I can only wear one dress at a time. So it's a great way of creating a coalition and a community. Mm. But I want to come over now to Dima because... You yourself, Dima, are a refugee, but you have now participated in Choose Loves Around the World in 40 Days Challenge, raising money for people living in refugee camps affected by the pandemic. Can you tell us about that? Because you seem like someone who should be, in a way, taking it a bit easy now, if you don't mind me saying. Like, if I'd come out of a war zone... And, you know, with a significant injury, the career of my choice, you know, had to be rethought through. And I'd found a safe haven. I'd really be putting my feet up and just going, you know, I'd be just taking it chill and saying, what can other people do for me? That would be my main question. How can other people help me? 
And what you've done is gone, oh, well, I now need to do a 40-day round-the-world challenge for other people. Explain yourself. You're making us feel very bad. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely give a dress to Sol, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to do what you've done. Can you explain what it is? Uh, actually, when I said that the website for the Choose Love, they will help refugees in the camp. And I said to myself, like, I was there. I was, like, in the same place, the people there, they were now. And I said, like, well, I'm not help. So, I, okay, I have prosthetic. I have, like, another foot. Okay, I didn't feel it, but it was work. <laughs> so I, like, I suggest to work, uh, to walk one mile. And it's just, like, I bought, like, uh, 1,000 to just, like, just in case to be in safe place. <laughs> and when I saw, like, the people, they donate about that and they just like support me okay I'm walking I said to myself like okay even like you walk on crutches or like in one in one leg it doesn't matter you just need give that uh, peace or give that that hope to other people you know that that <laughs> that so it's a fundraiser where people walk yeah how do they count the steps like what's the who's what's policing the this <laughs> How do we know how far you've walked? <laughs> so I'm asking. Yeah. I'm yeah. asking, what's the overall challenge? Like, what was the challenge that people could do? Just like maybe like you cycling, you like walking, you running, you like whatever you can do. But you would do a certain length because it's a pandemic. Yeah. You can't actually do that thing where yeah. someone you know walks yeah. a certain amount. Yeah. So you you could walk yeah. a certain amount every single day. Yeah. To create this kind of it's round fun. the world in forty yeah. days challenge. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And so you decided to do that. And yeah. again, I am so bad at going for walks. It's embarrassing. <laughs> so this is incredibly impressive. And so you were able to raise money by doing yeah. that yeah. for people well, in refugee camps. Yeah. And yeah. you yourself had experienced life in a refugee camp. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so you wanted to give something back. Yeah, exactly. Just like um, to help other people, like to just like feel like safe, to feel like just put a smile in their face. You know what I mean? Mm. So it, it's because... It's hard to be refugees. It's hard to like to go out from your home. So, but that makes help a little bit. You know, like that feeling, that that depressing, that it's out of your hands when you get out from your home. So, but I did it. I did it. It's just <laughs> like you know, like I walked one mile. I didn't. I can't go out because I was in pain and I had an operation uh, in my stomach. <laughs> And but since I, I I feel like such a bad pain and my leg it's like a bleeding, you know. Oh God! Yeah, but I said to myself, "You can do it. Just oh go God. for it. <laughs> just go for it." I you are just so much a better person than I am or ever will be. <laughs> I it's mean, amazing. when I'm bleeding and I've got my period, I won't go for a no, walk. No, I'm a, unbelievably impressed by this. You were also recognised as a member of England's national women's football team Lionheart squad for fundraising. Could you tell us about that? This is like, uh, until now I'm shocked about this moment. <laughs> because it's like, I was like uh, just invited to see like um, the other people there because we are like 23rd people who's like helping in pandemic and we are like a big team now. And just like when I saw that Elena White, <laughs> the, the famous footballer, and it was like, I shocked myself, like, you know, when you feel dizzy and you can't believe that that person just in front of you. I said, I just like, is it you? <laughs> is it you? Do you follow women's football? Do you yeah. follow? All oh, right. Yeah. 
So you're quite starstruck. Deb feels like that about me sometimes. <laughs> I do. I, I do. just calm her down. I you know. wouldn't be able to recognise any footballers. I don't think hardly. But you saw this footballer who you yeah, and you're yeah. a big fan. Yeah. Um, so I do some like chat with her, and I'd be like, yeah. They, they did you say anything embarrassing? Um, you know, when you're in front of someone that you really like, and you're like, I like eels. <laughs> what? I don't know. I've never met an eel. Why are you walking away? <laughs> oh, that time you met Gloria Steinem. Yeah. Still coming back to you, still haunting you. Eels of all things, it's so phallic. Um, <laughs> did you say anything embarrassing that you wish you no, hadn't said? No. no. That was so nice. This woman yep. is dignified. She's yeah. not like us. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not, I didn't mean that. No, no, I didn't mean that. No, I didn't mean that. So you're <laughs> now looking to you know, become an elite athlete again. What can we do to support you? Because this is convincing Felicity and me maybe to get off our asses. And, you know, <laughs> I do Peloton now, so I could Peloton to raise money. It's cycling at home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ashamed. By all means, judge me. It'll make me feel better if you do. Um, how I, can we support you, Dima? Uh, like, any way you feel like comfortable with it? Uh, I did. Like, do I, you can need, I give you a massage? Or, do you, <laughs> <laughs> or I, I would love Do you need money to train? We've had a, um, another brilliant para athlete on in Australia called Monique wow. a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And she always needs guilty feminists to uh, yeah, to support yeah. and raise money because yeah. women's sport we, is woefully underfunded. Exactly, I don't. I, yeah. I want to shock you here. No, no, no. Yeah, um, I, I know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, I'm not gonna say like um, it's, it's expensive to have like a coach because you would need to have a special coach for like uh, who's like teach you how to run. And even like ten years, I didn't get that that decision to 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 run and my muscle doesn't work like probably until now <laughs> in the right way so but yeah you need like yeah, a special one to to work with you and work with the, the prosthetic as well mm. and it's not kind of cheap <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. so do you have a website a coffee account a patreon uh, a yeah. GoFundMe? hit <laughs> yeah. us up yeah where I... can we throw cash <laughs> at you <laughs> yeah i <laughs> Look, I might be aggressive, but I also put that towards my support. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, uh, my page, it's GoFundMe. It's a GoFundMe. Yeah, yeah. You've got a GoFundMe. Yeah. Okay, all right. So uh, we will put that in the show notes. If you could pop something in uh, for Dima's GoFundMe, uh, you know because you've heard she'd do it for you. Um, and so, she has actually. She, yeah, she's yeah. doing it quietly right now, um, and you're being really ungrateful. <laughs> Um, Sol, I I want to ask you um, two questions before we get our musician on because I can see Tom is hovering. Um, (laughs) We talked for so long at the beginning. (laughs) One one question, Sol, that I've got is what's the online for you? Um, How can people contact us? Is that what you mean? Yes. The the online world. Yes. Yes. How can can people give to Everything that we do, you can access on our website and it explains all of the steps to both donate, uh, gift your items and also to shop them. So we are at giveyourbest.uk 
Um, we're also Give Your Best UK in all of the platforms. We're very active on Instagram. We put out a lot of uh, information as well and educational posts. We have a team of volunteer researchers that do a lot of research into sustainability and refugee rights. We have a lot of uh, several interviews with women from our community because we want to amplify their stories. And that's how, Deborah, you found about ACTA as well because we had um, uh, an interview with Demma and um, we tried to put out as much information as possible. So um, social media, our website, all the information is there. Can I ask a question? Yes. Demma, what size are you? Are you a, are you a six? <laughs> no, I was ten. And now eight. No, well, I've probably got some eights. I've probably got some stuff. And I'm just saying, this isn't an example. I have some much nicer clothes. You didn't accuse me of that, but I just thought I'd be a bit defensive just in case. <laughs> so, can I ask yes. you, you started this eight months ago. You obviously had this idea in lockdown. You thought, I can make this happen. And then you did. And then it's a really big going concern and it's, yeah. it's brought joy to a lot of people's lives. How do, if people who are listening to this, people here tonight or people around the world listening, how can, how do they go about that? How do they go mm. from, I've got a great idea, but, oh, I don't know, it seems like a, it would cost money or it seems like it would be difficult or I don't know anyone who would do it with me. What makes you the kind of person or what simple steps could people follow to do their own yeah, startups? Yeah, it's a good question because I always want to try to inspire people to just give it a go because you really don't know what's going to happen. I didn't know that it was going to become what it is now and I had been volunteering for a long time uh, going to Calais actually thanks to your uh, episode special from Calais. Oh really? Uh, that's how it all started so it does come in full circle wow, here today. that's amazing. Um, and oh. uh, so for a few years I was doing that and then uh, lockdown hit and I was very frustrated with not being able to support people in person. I was also volunteering with my community as well with people resettled from Syria and I just thought there's got to be something. I was talking to women who were seeking asylum who were saying how they couldn't access anything because um, charity shops were closed and charities mm. themselves mm. were closed during lockdown and I thought you know what I'm just going to send you my clothes and then I thought, well, actually, it's a household of eight women of different sizes. Maybe I'll ask my friends to see if they have clothes. And I put it out on social media, and the response was overwhelming from people just really wanted to help. Oh. And I think that I had underestimated how much people really want to help yeah. and want to support. And so I talked to them, and I thought, you know what? I'm not going to send you all of these random items. I'm going to put photos on Instagram, and you go and choose what you like, and I'll send you that. And they love that. And I thought, well, actually, if it works for them, maybe it works for more people, so let's give it a go. And I just put it on social media, and I said, does anyone want to help mm. me set this up? And... Eight months later, 71 people want to help me run this That's this amazing. Thing. So amazing. That's amazing. So if you're listening to this in another part of the world and you think, oh, that sounds great, but we don't have that here in America or Canada or, or Australia or wherever you are, it's that step-by-step. Step. If you can organize a dinner party, you can start something like that. That's, yeah, the, that's yeah. the truth. Like, and I mean, I do it alongside my full-time job. So if you have the time and the flexibility, I do realize that a lot of people might not have the time to do, 
you know, things like this, but it doesn't have to be as big as this is. Mm -hmm. This became bigger than I could have ever imagined. But, but you know, you've got you, you could do one thing. Yes, you could help one mm. person. You know, we can't solve the refugee crisis, but we can help one person and we can make mm -hmm. a, a difference in one person's life. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, that's enough as well. Does that feel like coalition to you, Demma? When you meet someone like Seoul, does it change how you feel about living in a place and starting again? Uh, actually, I start three times, so don't be afraid if you fall over many times. <laughs> so, yeah, I start three times, like, from beginner, to be honest, uh, since I lost my leg. But that, the last one, 2017, I start my life just a new person. Mm -hmm. And start everything, like, like learn English, <laughs> learn how, like, coach and the traditional, like, how to live like with community like a difference for my my home as well and yeah it's just like i'm happy <laughs> it's hard it's hard yeah but you will get that yeah. it's hard yeah yeah it, it, it's like hard to, to to just start from beginner and you lost like i lost six years without do nothing mm. without like even Ugh. even study you you're know, in like, a camp for six years uh i was in lebanon but I didn't have the right, um, actually, I didn't have the right, because I can't, I, I don't have prosthetic, I don't have, like, like to witness enough money to go to school or to university to complete my study, mm -hmm. and I can't work, because I'm not going to say, like, some people doesn't accept disabled without, like, a leg, but I'm still the same person, mm -hmm. okay, I lost, like, the fake <laughs> leg, you know, but it doesn't, like, stop my life. And yeah. it's not just like end of the world to lost my leg. It's just a leg. As you say, like for the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to break it down and have another one. That's it. <laughs> um, well, we're delighted you're here and we are excited to see what you do next and to support you. Um, you. in your running career we're very very thrilled and same with you. you Sol with what you're doing we think it's amazing and if somebody did want to start uh, give your best in another country could they get in touch with yeah, you yeah you know we've had emails from people in about six other countries asking us if we are going to go to those countries and you know we are a, a team of people with big dreams so we do have the dreams maybe of, people right. could be yeah, expanding you could, if, to if other someone, countries if there was a bunch yeah, of volunteers in, in another country that wanted to start it up yeah. they could you know, sort of franchise it without yeah, that's, getting, you know, it, it obviously is a it's goal a voluntary for, thing, but yeah. I don't mean franchise it like pay you a bunch of money. I mean, <laughs> you know, use well. the branding. and <laughs> I mean, please do. But um, also there's a travel ban, so you yeah, probably yes, will need to You will need point. that. You will need that. Um, you've both been absolutely brilliant guests. Um, please stay with us here. But for now, a big round of applause for Demma Akta. Sol Escobar. Our musician today is an entity of turbulent imagination born from the intuition and maverick spirits of two compelling performers. Please welcome Anna Phoebe and Ashling Brewer. Um, Phoebe and Ashling. Hi! Um, Phoebe and Anna, sorry. I'm oh, sorry. Anna and, <laughs> Anna and Ashling. Edit that out. Edit that out. 
Anna and Ashling, casual as you like. Anna and Ashling, hi. Uh, thank you so much hi. for joining us. Thank you. For um, us. What are you going to play for us? So we're going to be playing two pieces from our new upcoming album because we've actually been living in two separate countries for the last 18 months. So this is the first time we've actually are able to play together again Yay! in 18 months. <laughs> so it's really, really special. And we were supposed to be touring and obviously all of that got, that got cancelled. Uh, and so instead, we decided to just write another album. So we're playing two pieces from our new album, which oh will be God. out later this year. And what's the album called? It's Chrysalis. 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 Keep your eyes peeled. Am I saying this Ava or Ava? So Ava Waves is the entity. Ava Waves. The world that we build between us. Ava Waves. Okay, all right. Uh, Take it away, Ava.
thank you. Oh, it's so nice. <laughs> we haven't played together in the same room, so this is amazing. Thank you so much for having us. That one. <laughs> um, and actually, like really strangely, we actually figured out that, because you've been a fan, definitely, you told me about this podcast. Literally from the beginning. <laughs> I know everyone probably says this, but the person who introduced me to the podcast actually came tonight as soon oh, wow. as she found out that we were playing. And then we found out that, I think, not that we've been like stalking, but like you started the first podcast, I think was December the 15th. 2018, would that be right? Because it was 15. 2015, which, and it was, sorry, it was three just, days I, later, yeah. we did our first gig together. Oh, so wow. I feel like we're like, kind of in That's the That's amazing. I think we were, I think we were the ninth, because it was the day before my birthday on the, but it's exactly that, yeah, that, that same month. That month. You, you, and, you uh, and we were starting out together. Yeah, and wonderful. So. Well, how nice that we finally met. So so that that piece is called Emerging Flight, and then we're going to finish off with going back to our Irish roots. We've both got, I'm I'm Greek, German, Irish. Ashling is like Dutch, Irish. Irish. (laughs) And um, so this one, this one is called Awakening, and it's also from the new album. Wonderful.
Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. This has been really special. Um, I'm going to do a quick cheeky plug, if I may. We have a gig coming up at the Royal Albert Hall Elga Rooms at the end of the year where we're part of Miss and Sawney's Journeys Festival celebrating 150 years of immigration. So if you're around, please do come see us. We'll be doing a full set there. Thank you. Yay! Ava Waves, everybody. Ava Waves. Uh, this, that sounds absolutely right up our street, so everyone should get on that. It's at the Royal Albert Hall in the Elga Room. Yeah, so we're playing the 6th of November. 6th yeah. of November, get on that and go and see the full set. In the meantime, if we'd like to download your music or buy it, ideally, yes. where can Ooh, we do yes. that? Yes, I meant to say to you, if you want to listen to problematic music without paying the artist any royalties with your... Um... <laughs> I do, I do So sometimes, the yeah. key is, basically, it doesn't clock up as a play if it's under 30 seconds. So you just need to listen 29 seconds and then stop and then ah. listen again. And that way, you don't have to pay to download the track. So, and, yeah. so it's, it's, she's a good girl, I know you want it. I know, I know you, you want, want it. it. Stop, stop. Yeah. And then yeah. here at wine. Spotify, we like to give you the best <laughs> listening experience. But, but hang on. But if you want to support us, we don't have any vinyl and stuff with us, but you can download our tracks. We also as well. don't have offensive music because we weren't <laughs> instrumental most of the time. Yes. So. I actually it's felt true. that last track was a bit sexist, actually, yeah, but we'll talk true. about it after the show. There was, a, there was an undertone, and yeah, I thought. Yeah, I that felt it. Cancellation it, is imminent. Yeah. Just with the way you were using the bow. It just felt. It felt like you were paying men more. That's all I'm well, saying. Well, when I listen to that, I, I, I'm not. I'm not sure about it. It's just a funny feeling. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. Hang uh, on. Before I came on, I thought I was being really brave because I've got my period and I'm wearing white trousers. That but after me, Seema. Feminism for the win. Well, I was like, that is the ace up my sleeve. But then after meeting Dima and hearing your story, it's like, well, you know, yeah. that, there is no comparison. <laughs> we really. all have our struggles yes. and period in white trousers. Yep. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a Purple Heart Listen, Award for me. We've <laughs> all got reasons to talk to our therapist. I mean, to be honest, there's a thrill and an excitement in the danger of going up on it stage. It was a long wait, sitting down there, oh, being God. like, oh, God, I really I hope. Would sooner, <laughs> I would sooner jump out of a plane then I don't own white trousers because I am a filthy grub. You're, and I wearing, drop... you're wearing pale trousers. That kind of it's, it's a bold move for me. I'm like three <laughs> days past my period. I'm like, who do you think you are? Well, we were, we were kind of thinking the new album, we're bolder. We've come out of lockdown vivid together. Colours. It's yeah. all about vivid colours. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and, well, you're both wearing shades. <laughs> but... <laughs> Not too vivid. But our agent, Angie, who's here, she was like, look, if you're going to you know, be on your period, this is the place for it. So, Absolutely. Right. <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. if anything, we're disappointed that your period didn't bleed through. Listen, in a very real way, in a very real way, I would love your next album to be called Free Bleed. Thank you. Um, or Free Bleeding. Free, free Bleeding from Ava Waves. Uh, listen, uh, you've been absolutely wonderful. Uh, it's spelt so that when you go to download it, A-V-A-W-A-V-E-S. So everyone's allowed to get their phone out now and download a track or and like pay for it, please, because they've got to eat. Or just listen for more than 30 seconds. That listen for more than 30 seconds if you're just streaming it, but can't you just pay for it on iTunes? You can, or you can pay for it on iTunes and then listen to it for 31 seconds on repeat, and then that, each one will count as a play. All of the above. I don't like the modern world. Um, I like going and buying a cassette tape that would then get spooled up in my tape that I have you to know do what? it back with a pencil. Deb, you know what that did? That music slapped. Yes! <laughs> yes, it did, baby. It slapped. It was an absolute bop. I'm going to say it was lit. 
Oh, are you? Okay, no, I'm they not. They can smell no. it. They can smell <laughs> it. It's the Annunciation. I would say that was lit. It just, you sound like the Queen. I've done, listen, one, one must keep current. If one is going to keep the monarchy relevant. Um, <laughs> one would say that was a vibe. <laughs> Twasn't it? <laughs> Big up to my winds are massive. Um, please act on what you've heard tonight. Try and put at least one piece of clothing in the next week to give your best and encourage other people in your family to do it. There are a lot of people that don't listen to podcasts that aren't engaged in this way, but if you told them, hey, if you got in lockdown, did you clear out a lot of stuff and you haven't taken to a charity shop yet? Mm. Is there anything good, actually good in that bag? Did anyone do Marie Kondo in 2020 and then not do anything about it in That's 2021? Right. Are, are there big bags in the hallway or the cupboard under the stairs or, you know, in a, that you, or in a suitcase that I'm meaning to take? Dig around in there. If there's anything actually half decent... Could you please give it to uh, give your best and can to I, see what that feels like? Could I, um, can I yes. do a little plug as well there? Yep. Um, we are actually now recruiting volunteers to act as clothing collection points because Ooh. we've had a lot of people that, for example, are moving countries or they're getting rid of clothing but don't have the time to take the photos. And, mm. you know, it, it is a bit of an involved uh, mm. process. Um, we have named them our Give Our Besties, which we think is nice. the cutest thing. Strong so one. if anyone wants to be our give your bestie, there's the sign up form on our website. And all you have to do is just either you can actually do a rally if you want for mm-hmm. you know people in your neighborhood to donate clothing. But otherwise, we would like to have those collection points across the country. So if anyone mm-hmm. wants to haul clothing, you can sign up. Amazing. Great. And while we're on it, Ashling, if you are giving away that top, I'll have it. <laughs> okay. You have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White, guest host for the City Ward, and our very special guest, Demma Actor, Sol Escobar, and Ava Waves. The Guilty Feminist theme tune was composed by Mark Hodge and produced by Nick Sheldon. The producer was Tom Slinsky for the Small Lady Shop. Thanks to Zoe, Tom, and everyone at King's Place, as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. Very glowed up. <laughs> That's the character. That's the character. That sounds natural, doesn't it? That's young people, that sounds like... If Deb was undercover as, like, a young person and you were all in a group, you would never pick in a second that she wasn't Generation Z. How do you do, how do, you do fellow kids? How do you do fellow youthful... You, youth, youth children. Young youth children, yes. Um, yeah, okay, all right, fine, Peeps. whatever. Uh, yeah, she ha- she's not glowed up. She's not a glown up. I don't know. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800 3334 for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. She's not a glown up, but she's like a let- She's her- not a glown up. <laughs>